Hello and welcome to another episode of my podcast, the world's greatest podcast, mine. Today, <laughs> I have a guest, my dear friend Lara, three times world champion. Four. Four. <laughs> Four times world humble. champion. And we're going to talk a little bit about her journey, about competing, fitness, nutrition, mindset, business, all things, all things business and mindset and fitness and nutrition included. So, Lara... Hello, a little first bit, of all, yeah, and thank you for self. inviting me. It's been a pleasure to support you and, of course, to give myself a chance to explore something different. So, yes, first of all, I'm Lara, Lara Santini. Uh, as, she all, as she represented me, four-time <laughs> world champion, that's, but that's something that I'm, like, always keeping in the background. Um, I just moved to Dubai, currently working as a personal trainer and, of course, building my online business continuing building my online business if I have to be honest and that's basically it for now. So how long have you been a personal trainer? I started my personal training journey when I think in 2016 or 17 but just with a few clients but uh, after I finished uh, my competition I started like applying or getting more clients and as soon as I felt ready for it. Okay so <laughs> I really want to talk about your bodybuilding career. Okay. Yeah. So what made you compete? How old were you when you stepped on the stage for the first time? How many times have you competed? Okay. So um, the year I decided to compete in bodybuilding is 2019. So basically five years ago, I was 21 years old. I had kind of a pause of a college because I didn't know which direction I want to go. So that year was basically just me not studying, which nobody know. Like <laughs> I was keeping that as a secret. And basically I uh, started working in a casino to collect my money. Okay. And yeah, not so typical work for me, but <laughs> worked in that period of time. So basically that's the period where I decided to start competing. I just wanted to try something new, something different. I was already like in sport in fitness for a long period of time so for me trying something like that was like something naturally maybe and my like primary why I decided to do it it was just because of new experience and marketing wise so for example I always had a plan to work with people to coach people and for them to see me like competing having that experience on my skin was something that I was aiming for so basically the 2021 was my first year of competing I didn't know what I was mm -hmm. doing. I just took the first coach that I saw on Instagram because he was like posting photos of a competition. And basically he prepped me for my first competition, which was national competitioning for Asia. And I won the first place not knowing what I was doing. Okay. Um, and soon after that, I actually changed my coach because I was pushed in different direction. For example, I was competing all my successful years of competing were in wellness fitness category. But at the beginning, I started as a body fitness athlete. Okay. I was kind of pushed from a coach to be in that category. But soon after my second competition, which was the European Championship, I was pushed to be in wellness fitness category by the other people. And I won the European Champion title, just like doing the wellness. But for me, that was like... I didn't even realize what happened because I wasn't prepping. I didn't have a bikini for wellness. I didn't have my posing for wellness. So I was just like step on a stage, try to do something and just won. So afterwards, I just changed the trainer because 
there's no point of me competing in body fitness since I'm a European champion in wellness. So basically I changed the trainer and then next three years I was competing just as a wellness fitness competitor. So how many times have you competed in total? I think I competed 18 times in, uh, no, no, less, sorry, 18 gold medalists I was, but there was a little bit less competition than that. I think four-time awards, awards, three-time European, couple of nationals, a couple of cups around the Europe. So I would say around around 15 times. Wow. Yes, in three years. Wow. I was connecting like uh, autumn and um, spring season. So that's why like, I kind of got tired of it because I was like not having an off season, just like going in a circle. Because for me, there was not like, I need to do the mass, I need to do the bulking, then I need to cut. I was always basically standing around 71, 72 kilos off season and just shredding for the competition to be around 67, 68. So basically I was just like... Three years in a row, I was just keeping this, the almost the same yeah. shape and condition for the three years. Have you ever went through a reverse diet? Like, Have you ever, you know, the post-show recovery diet where you increased your calories without I gaining must too say much no. weight? No. For okay. the first competition, uh, that was a disaster, I must say, because I didn't know what I was doing. And... Uh, I think we all have that phase of binge eating after the first competition. So it was like I was so starving. And in two weeks after my competition, I think I gained like 12 to 13 kilos just in two weeks. And I was like, when you step down, like I, when I sat down, I was just like fall asleep out of the sugar and everything. My ankles were huge. So basically I was bloated all the time. And that that, that first competition was my like experience not to do it ever again because it was the worst feeling mm -hmm. definitely but I must say like during my competition years I never had like a proper reverse diet okay. I was just getting back to eating normally like intuitionally but not trying to like I was just taking care of how I eat after the competition but not doing a like, proper reverse diet so basically yes the first time was my Worst experience and every other competition was like, okay, I'm slowly going to implement some food. But as I said, I didn't have a support from a coach doing a reverse diet. How long did you track your macros for? Because you tracked your macros for a while and then you switched to intuitive eating. I get yes. a lot of people asking me how to switch from tracking macros to eating intuitively. I think this is something that a lot of people struggle with. So what It's would a you journey. Yeah. So basically... I was tracking my macros before I started competing in bodybuilding. I was doing it while I was a crossfitter too. But in that period, mostly I cut out all my carbs, just counting from fat and protein, which is a disaster. Don't do this. <laughs> yes, don't do this. Don't repeat our mistakes. <laughs> yeah, don't do it. Uh, so basically I was counting macros for like, I would say four to five years in a row, but mostly like 80% I was tracking. And after I finished my last competition, which was in like December 2021, I just like, uh, I, I was completely, completely burned out. So that like me, the thought of me going to a gym was like the worst feeling ever. It's like I could go hiking, I could go running, I could go swimming, anything, but just not going to the gym because the last prep was like five to six times a week, two times daily. And for me, it was just like a burnout. And in that period, I was also having some PD sessions with my clients. So 
getting all that together for me gym was like the space where I don't want to go after the competition and I needed like six months to get back on track to mm-hmm. start training again and regarding macros and counting that's the time like I decided okay now it's time for me to stop counting and just try to one year be without any waiting to food or counting the macro is just like eating what I usually eat without counting it and is I was like tracking the progress what, what is happening with my body do I am I gaining weight and I'm like nothing changed because I was eating basically the same uh, choosing the same food and after one year I didn't see any changes on my body just a little bit loose tones yeah. or something like that which is normal because I wasn't training that active but after that competition I was having a struggle basically mostly with coming back to training because it was my first pause after like I've been competing and being actively in sport before that like 20 years yeah. in a row without stop so these six months were I think these six months were quite most depressive months in my life because but I'm very thankful for that journey also because in these six months I realized that the training is not something that I'm doing just for the looks. And I was doing it for the looks mm-hmm. while I was competing. So in these six months I realized that training is something that I actually need to do for my mental health because I realized in these six months like I wasn't able to wash the dishes. I wasn't able to clean my apartment. It was like a bomb inside my apartment, which was quite embarrassing. But it was like... I wasn't able, like, I, I couldn't study for my exams. Like, all these little things that I was usually, that I was used to be doing, is like, kind of got, like, really hard. So I realized just, like, one thing was, was missing from my routine, and that was training. Like, that one hour, two hours a day where I just, like, put myself out there, get my training and do my best. That was the thing that I was missing. And after six months, as soon as I started, again, like, three times a week, it's like felt like a mind blow. It's like that. This is why I'm doing this. This is why I'm training. Not not to look good because, you know, I've been training for all my life. The looks is something that I always like. If I'm not going to extreme, like binging or something, mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna always keep my body like in a proper shape. But then I realized like a mental part of the training was like really really important for me maintaining your physique is so easy like once when you build the muscle yes. and once when you just eat intuitively and mindfully it is honestly minimal effort minimal effort once minimal you get effort. to the certain point of your yeah. like body where you feel amazing where it's actually working on a proper yeah, lever yeah. and everything like maintaining you can even maintain it with the bands yeah. i mean i hate the bands let me Same. <laughs> but it's like you can literally do like minimum amount of work and keep your muscles and everything like yeah. on the right places yeah. And if you, anyone listening to this, if you go on a holiday for a week, it's nothing okay. bad will happen. If you take even a month off from the gym, you will survive. Nothing bad will happen. I Probably get... you'll feel even better. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I, like, I was uh, moving here to Dubai. So I basically, I was sick constantly, like bronchitis, corona, everything. And I was moving here. So basically I have a two, I had a two months before I moved here, like without doing anything after my competition in powerlifting though. And... Now I started training in the last two, three weeks and I'm feeling like I'm exploding. Yes. Like my nice my, my strength went up. Yeah, I'm yeah. even gonna do the PRs of my PRs probably soon enough. So basically I just rested my body, gave them well, gave him a good rest and mm-hmm. it's like just exploded. So yes, the yeah. rest is very important part of everything. And sometimes if you take rest, for example, one, two weeks or even a month as she said. Yeah. 
you're going to probably feel yeah. even better. Even better. Yeah, I think people stress so much about just like skipping one training session or not getting in four training sessions per week. And I always say, if you're under a lot of stress, just just skip take, it. Yeah, skip because it. Take a break. Training itself is also kind of a stress to it our is. body. And if you're like feeling under depression and all these other things, because we all come to a certain point of our life where we can't prioritize like training and nutrition. And it's okay because you can't, for example, you're expecting the child or it's something big happening in your life. Like you're moving, you're changing your career or something. It's okay not to be 100% into the whole process, but as long as you keep like doing it and continue just showing up, it's also a good way to to maintain it. So just show up. And that's it. Yeah, and what I've learned from my journey and from my experience, like stop chasing perfection because I had to train on certain days. I had to eat a certain amount of calories. I had to go to bed at a certain time. Like I was like a robot. and it Prisoner took, of your prisoner own mind. Um, yeah. True. And it took so much enjoyment out of my life and out of my fitness journey because it felt like something that I had to do mm-hmm. instead of something that I Same. get to do. So it took it took me a long while to to you know change my mindset around some things, but again, it's a process, it's a journey. It takes time. It takes, it takes time. time. It takes time. It takes like you need to accept the yes. fact that you're not gonna be perfect all the time. It's like one one quote that like stayed in my head. It's like better done than perfect. It's 100%. like because perfect is never done. Perfectly said. Yeah, perfect is never better done than. Perfect is never done. So, have you ever had any problems or struggles with body image? Like when you would, because you would lose a little bit of weight, you would get shredded, then you would gain a little bit of weight. Like you didn't have any, apart from that one episode when you gained 13 kilos, but you never had any huge, like you I wouldn't mean, gain 20 kilos, then lose 25, no. then gain 20, then lose 25. No, I didn't have those big oscillation regarding the kilos, but I'm like my self image changed or I was very obsessed with it like during my teenage years of course I think we all came to a certain point of our lives for example Mm -hmm. teenage years are the like biggest part of our lives where we actually think of our looks so in that period of my life I was uh, I I have a big legs it's my genetics I can't change anything about them I mean I can if I want to be unhealthy I can but that's what I was aiming for in my teenage years so I was always having a kind of genetically genetically big legs and during my teenage years I was trying to starve myself like kind of going to a bulimic because yes you know we all know what the bulimic is and thank got to my mother that she caught me and then I stopped okay I realized I'm doing a bad stuff but I was always aiming to lose my legs like running around five times a week 10 kilometers eating less carbs then switching to crossfit also in my high school also trying to lose my legs which happened for a while and then as soon as I started like for example implementing the weight training and eating enough uh, of protein or enough amount of food it's like they they started growing like a mushroom after the rain it's like (laughs) I can't even so basically that's the thing it's like okay since I can't change that about myself for example that's why I didn't compete in bikini because if I wanted to be good in bikini 
I would never be good at bikini because my you body is not built for size. a bikini. So that's why I decided, okay, I can't get my legs smaller, but I can get them bigger. So basically the thing that I was considering my flaw became my strongest weapon yeah. in Your the competition weapon. years. So you competed million times in bodybuilding and then you switched to powerlifting yes what made you want to compete in powerlifting so actually after i finished my bodybuilding journey and competing in bodybuilding i had a lack of motivation because i've been competing for all my life so that factor of competing i was missing and for me not being able to have some kind of goal that i'm aiming for like a compete competition I had a struggle like keeping up with the training. So I can't train just to train. It's for me. I mean, I can, but I have to have a certain goal. And for me, goal to look good is not a goal, proper goal. It's not a proper no. goal anymore. So I, I, I was talking to my friend and colleague and he said, Lara, maybe you should try just competing power powerlifting power because it's like you just you can't train if you don't have a goal. It's like, okay, that's seems okay because my goal is not to look good anymore I'll, I'm pretty happy with how I look now which is good which is good it which takes is good a while it takes a while point, but yes. I'm pretty happy on how I look I don't care if I have two or two uh, one or two kilos more yeah. or less it's like I know what to do how to change it so I'm not worried about that part so that's basically why I decided to start competing in powerlifting he he gave me an like like advice like maybe you should try it not like aiming for a European result or something, just for you to keep on track with the training. And I think that was a really good decision because actually I discovered different types of training because before I was doing a more, lot more volume, a lot more tempo. My trainings were like, like two hours. I mean, in powerlifting too, because yeah. you're doing a long rest, long rest periods. But for me, it's just like four exercises in one training. It was like, oh, mind-blowing. Oh, I don't have to do like many more. It's just like three to five reps. Oh, perfect. I don't have to do volume because I was feeling tired of all these volumes. And um, that was a big change. And I saw how my body was responding like for a low volume, like perfectly. My strength went up. My body changed completely. And I was not like feeling crashed down after the training. And when you see yourself progressing, for example, from week to week, from month to month, going like from 100 kilos go to 130, 150, it it's kind of impressive because, and I actually enjoyed competing in powerlifting. Just before I came here in Dubai, I broke the national record in squat after eight weeks of prep for power, powerlifting. That is crazy. And also, by the way, what was your score? 150? 150.5, yeah, kilos. 150.5, and you weigh... Six, 67 hours on competition, yes. 67 kilos, that's yes. insane. No, I'm actually quite... I wanna, When they ask me what I do, like I was a four-time world champion, but I'm actually more proud of scoring yeah. 150.5 I mean, than being a four-time world champion, if you ask me, because that's what I was trying to explain you. The bodybuilding is the one sport, of course, the discipline you have. Yeah. You learn a lot about nutrition, a lot about the training, no, no, no discussion about that. But the bodybuilding, as I, I was a gymnast, I was a track field runner, I was a crossfitter. So the bodybuilding was the one sport where I actually felt the worst at the end of my prep. Yeah. So in usually in sports, you are aiming for a peak performance, no matter what you do, like the football, anything, any sport, you're aiming for a peak performance. And in bodybuilding, the peak performance is where you fear the worst. The worst. The and worst. you look 
let's the say best. the best but, but you, you feel, feel the, the worst, worst. Yeah. and in powerlifting is different so yeah. you're aiming for the peak performance just on that day where you have to be the strongest the most powerful most like mentally prepared and that's for me like sport the sport should be about performance like that's what I actually enjoy. So I can test my limits. I can mm. test myself. So on the first competition that I did, okay, I lifted 135. Next competition, a few months later, I did 150.5 in squat. So you competed twice in Paralysis. I competed twice last year. So I think the first competition was in June last year. And actually it was six to eight rip, um, six to eight weeks of prep for me for that. It's like, oh, I'm going to try. And afterwards, I went for a summer vacation. Of yeah. course, I didn't train that much and because I had the home gym, which was not yeah. equipped so for those kind of trainings. So Lara took a break from training and she didn't die. She's still here yes. with us. And she squatted <laughs> 150.5 kilos after, On a second taking, competition. Yeah, after taking a break from training. Just, yes. Just for the people who always stress about taking breaks. No, no worries. I'm actually enjoying <laughs> taking my breaks now. But I also enjoy training. And then the second one was just before I left. So December last year where I just like okay I'm gonna yeah. prep for next eight to ten weeks but I was sick in those eight weeks so basically yeah, it was like somewhere between six to eight weeks yes for that second competition and then I broke my PR in bench in deadlift and in squat of course the insane. national record yeah insane. it was amazing the feeling like yeah. it's a very good feeling I think because I've trained and I had a specific goal to look a certain way and then mm -hmm. I had a specific goal to lift a certain amount of weight. To me personally, yeah, having physique goals is motivating and you see your body changing and, you know, you want to keep going and, I don't know, you lose body fat, you gain muscle, you change your body composition, that's amazing. But to me personally, having specific performance goals works so much better. And I think when you switch your mindset to how you look to what your body is capable of, everything just changes. Changes. Completely. Changes. And you feel a million times better in your own skin. And I think you have a better relationship with yourself and a more positive mindset towards training and nutrition and your recovery and your rest days and everything else. Have you experienced that? Yourself? Yes, yeah. I completely agree with you on that because I was doing powerlifting, but I didn't want to lose that part of me where I want to be functional. So, for example, running, hiking, dancing or anything, because powerlifting for me was something that I was doing from a like for my own joy, not just like to win something because yeah. I was not aiming to win anything. It's like for me, I'm going to do my best, try to beat my previous core and that's it. So while I was prepping myself for powerlifting, I also run like two times a week, 5K. I also went to dance classes. I also I didn't want to lose that part of me yeah. where I'm feeling good because I think we should move in all directions. Our 100%. body are made for running, for walking, for hiking, for doing all these activities. Of course, when you're getting closer to a competition, for example, last few weeks you're going to cut those activities because you actually want to recover in between the trainings that give your body time to rest but um, that's the one thing it's like they use that term now like a hybrid athlete yes, yes like you're doing the running yeah, yeah. the cardiovascular load and also implementing the strength training so I think that's the basically key to longevity, I would say, like combining those two things which are... 100% because fitness looks different for everyone. Some people love only lifting weights, some people love lifting weights and doing yoga, some people love lifting weights and running, some people love doing a mix, mix of everything. 
which is also something that a lot of people on on my Instagram I see struggle with. Fitness is not just lifting weights. You can lift weights and and do many other things and still be healthy. It's not. I was like a prisoner of that thought. Like while same. I was competing in bodybuilding, no way I'm gonna walk. It's like I'm yeah. gonna do the catabolism. Yeah. Like no way I'm gonna do the, the running or anything else. It creates a lot of stress. So yeah. I was basically doing everything not to lose that muscle that I had. And then when I stopped competing bodybuilding my goal was like to get smaller yeah and it was so hard so hard losing will, muscle is hard i don't think i think that people underestimate how hard it is to so lose so hard muscle. like i literally implemented a, a lot of cardio training like low my food intake and also like i kept going with the training and everything but it was so hard like i got smaller a bit of course because of the cardio yeah. and everything but it's like i never thought in my life that it's going to be that hard because i was like doing the bodybuilding oh no i'm not going to do it. basically you, you could do everything yeah. while you're yeah. doing it so yeah. that's why i don't want to be like close minded to any other activity i really want to enjoy moving in all directions using my body properly not just for lifting weights of course lifting weights is amazing gives your body the shape and you're feeling healthy especially for us females yeah. the bone mineral content and everything but it's like do the other activities like explore what you can do and that's the best thing you can do actually what your body and your mind is capable yes. of and speaking of the mind what has bodybuilding taught you because to be able to step on stage and to win and to compete multiple times you need to have an the 1% mindset how has bodybuilding changed your mindset uh, i can't even like for me stepping on every stage was a disaster like i couldn't sleep few days before i was having a lot of stress just putting myself out there on a stage and that's the one thing actually that i enjoy not enjoyed in that exact moment i didn't enjoy but i actually realized that i put myself out there get out of my comfort zone like i was in a bikini in front of nine judges and who knows how many people trying to show like what i was doing for yeah. the last year but every time no matter how times i won the competitions or how like times i went on stage it was always the same feeling like a heartbeat thousand times and like shaking literally my coach could see my legs shaking on a stage <laughs> because i was like always and they've been always asking me like what's wrong with you you know you're going to win yeah. what's wrong with you why are you afraid it's like for me it's always the same i think it depends on how you are as a person so being able like to represent myself with that fear like mm -hmm. and like fear inside of me and like actually when they'll see me like when the ju judges see me like you can't see me being afraid yeah but i was so scared so scared yeah. and so like under the like how to say pressure pressure big pressure under me so that one thing like putting myself out there actually getting out of my comfort zone and you know fake it till you make it it's yeah. like kind but of a mindset yeah. but kind of yeah it you, is you kind of have to do it for some things in life or not maybe fake it till you make it but live with the mindset of okay i have not won the competition yes. yet but i am going to so you live with with that champion champion mindset, mindset. until you reach your goal true yeah. and regarding of course the discipline it's like 
the bodybuilding is the one sport where you actually see if you give 100%, you're going to give 100% back. If you give 50, you're going to get 50. Mm. If you give 20, you're going to get 20. So basically the sport that te- like the bodybuilding is teaching you to to aim for the 100% yeah. if you want to get yeah. these. And I've also learned that in, like in business, if the more you of give, course. the more you get back. If you give, if you put in 10%, you'll get 10%. So if you want to... If you always want to grow, you have to be putting in the work all the time. True. It's same with everything in everything, life. Everything, yeah. Everything. Everything. So what is your goal now? What are you working towards to now? Like in terms of your body composition or your training or do you want to do another powerlifting competition? So for now, I'm just training to train. Okay. It's like I'm following some kind of a power building program where I still want to progress my main lifts, but kind of the other ones are focusing on the hypertrophy vice. So it's kind of a mixture of anything. Mostly I've been trying to, since I moved here just three weeks ago, uh, mostly I've been trying to like uh, figure out the business wise because I've been working as a PE and also building my coach uh, online coaching here but um yeah I think my focus is mostly on a business now yeah that's what I want to build and that's where I want to grow but of course is that if there is going to be any powerlifting competition I'm sure I might try and be like I'll do a three-week prep and yeah and I'm gonna try three and to break four a weeks. world record yeah not sure about the world record but it's good to break my own record that's what I'm aiming yeah. for uh, but uh, regarding bodybuilding and compositions and all these things I, I don't really care I'm just want to eat healthy I just want to feel good about myself I don't care if I have 12% of body fat or 18, it's just like to be functional and do what I do and not have any injuries or being sick because I was sick for like three months in a row, having a bad cough, corona, bronchitis. So for me, just being able to train and feel good about myself is the main thing. Yeah, most important thing now. That is exciting. (laughs) I guess. Exciting. You know, it is. It is. I think... From what I've seen with my clients, working with them for two, three, two, three, some people even yeah, four, even more, <laughs> even, even even longer. Sometimes people get stuck in this mindset of like fitness is their identity, and like going to the gym becomes their identity, mm-hmm. and there's nothing more to life but going to the gym. And I mean, going to the gym, lifting weights, and living a healthy lifestyle is essential and it's amazing. But your life should not revolve around. No. Going to the gym because you can still be healthy and go out for a run. You can still be healthy. You can still take time off the gym, from the gym and not lose any muscle. Yes, fitness should be part of our lives, but not our lives. Something like that. Yeah, exactly. We should not stress so much over every single thing. Skip the training session. If you don't eat 130 grams of protein today and every day, like it is okay. Give yourself a little bit of flexibility and some balance. But it's easy for us to talk about yeah. this because we went to that. We went through that journey because I think these like this obsessive kind of um, behavior. Behavior. It's very with the newbies like. 
Yes. And mostly with the clients, uh, from my experience, the clients that are aiming for a like big, major body transformation, they're very, very into it. And then afterwards, we've been having a conversations about like when they go for a vacation, they're feeling very upset. But okay. it's like not that you're competing. It's not mm. you're getting on the stage. It's not important. Just enjoy with your husband, with your boyfriend, with your family, whatever you go, just enjoy because after two weeks, nothing going to happen. So I think it's mostly happening for the people just as us. Yes. When we started the journey, yeah, it's like you want to get those results and you put yourself out there and you don't want to let like any mistake to put you away from that um, journey. So basically, it's easy for us to talk about it. But as long as we can share our experience regarding our journey and also working with the clients, it's good. We can help. We can. Amen. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's it, our, I think that's our like job. Yeah. This, to me, the main thing is just helping people because I've 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 been through everything, yeah. and so have even you. worse than I am. <laughs> <laughs> As we spoke, yeah, yeah, I've lost, yeah, I've lost my period for for a little while. Yeah, I've I've had a, quite a, I would say, a very long recovery after I competed, and it took me a while to get. Yeah, back, I was a little surprised by that fact yeah. because I haven't uh, had any problems. Yeah. And you've competed like three years in a row, fifteen times more than. But I, I think have, it's yeah. mostly about the genetics too. It's yeah. like some people like can pretty normal life. For some females can live a pretty normal life yeah. on twelve percent of body fat. For some, for some of them, it's like no period at all. No. So I think it's mostly about the genetics and the approach to the diet. I don't 100%. know how you. Did your preps and how was no, your so approach was to it? For, I was dieting for 20 weeks. The first, I think, 14 weeks, I was on 17, 1800 calories. What? Yeah. 17? 17. And so 1, okay, okay, 1000. Yeah. Okay. And then the last four weeks, I was on like 1200 calories. So <laughs> the last four weeks were very low. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But then after that, my body, I have a very very responsive metabolism like i gain weight really quickly but i lose weight really quickly as well so my body was just so used to losing weight like even after i competed and when i started increasing my calories i was like a sponge still, like a sponge i was still losing i think i think we increased my calories to like 2500 and i've only then started gaining a little bit of weight yeah it was crazy it was too much yeah there was one point that where i just felt like am i ever going to gain any weight back and then i did eventually but yeah for a while it was just not happening good i mean from not one happening. side is bad from my the other side is if, good for yeah. me if i look food for one week <laughs> i'm gonna be chubby little yeah. <laughs> thing but, you know, one thing that i've learned from that experience as well was people often glamorize weight loss and fat loss and sometimes gaining weight is not it's a it, proper it, struggle it's a proper struggle and i think People don't understand what kind of a struggle it is. If you've lost a lot of weight and if you're trying to gain weight and you can't gain weight, gaining weight is not a bad thing. Not at all. Not at all. And you've gained weight after you competed. I've gained weight after I competed. And it, it was probably one of the best things that has happened to you. It is. And I'm keeping my the same weight for yeah. last three years, basically yeah. not changing anything. But I, what I'm always trying to explain my clients, like losing weight is the easiest part. Like six to eight weeks, you can lose weight. Yeah. If you give yourself even more time, you're going to lose even more. Depends on how you do it. But I'm always aiming for a long-term result. So I want diet to be a little bit sustainable yeah. and easier on them. But to build muscle... 
oh, you need to eat properly and your training should follow your diet yes. and vice versa. So basically, if not training hard enough, there's no point of you bulking up the food because you need, I mean, six months is not enough to build some proper no muscle way. mass. You need no years, but yeah. one minimum one year of spending like proper training and eating a bit more than you need. Like Building muscle is so humbling and it's such a slow process and demotivating because you when you lose weight you can see like your muscles are yes. showing can be a little bit more abs but when you're building muscle you only see you're gaining yes body fat and you're feeling like watery bulky yeah. puffy so it's not very pleasant experience have you, have you ever done like a very long building phase or i only um i only did like one bulking in my career okay. and it was for my first competition okay it lasted like for three months, I think. And afterwards, I never did bulking again. So okay. basically only for the first competition. I don't think I needed it, actually. But uh, basically, I only did like dieting for my competitions. During the year, I never had a specific diet that I was following. I was mostly staying on a maintenance level okay. and training. And then I started prepping for my competition just three to four months before. And that's it. Basically, I was maintaining myself. Yeah. Because as I said, my weight didn't change during the year. I was competing with 67 and during the year I was 60, uh, 71, 72. Yeah. So basically it's not a big jump from a four scale. You did it in a very healthy way. Kind yeah. of, yeah. Yeah, because uh, you, you, you wouldn't gain a lot of weight, then you wouldn't lose a lot of weight. So it didn't take you a long time to... I was always in some kind of shape. Yeah. So I was always in a half shape. And I never went under 1,400 calories, for example. And I was, at the end of the prep, mostly I was even like doing even some of the higher carbs day just to keep myself. Yeah. But I was never like 1,400 was my minimum. Yeah. And cardio, his first two years, first competition I was doing cardio, next six, seven competitions I didn't even do the cardio yeah. part, yeah. only maybe at the very like end, but most of the time I didn't do any cardio, just like keeping my diet on yeah. point and training, but five times a week, six times a week. And that's it. Only the last competition, the first competition, I needed cardio because I, I must say I wasn't following the diet 100% because <laughs> I was, there was a lack of motivation, you know, um, especially during the Corona competition oh, yes. years. It's like, you never know, I, am I going to compete or I'm not going to compete till the last minute. So I wasn't so motivated to keep going because I didn't know. I didn't know if I'm going to compete or not. And uh, also I, my last competition was after my injury. I had the, um, I broken all my ligaments in my ankle. So okay. my goal after that, uh, yeah, I was uh, went out of self isolation. I called my friend. Oh, we're gonna go go to the trampoline. It's like yeah, okay. We go after 15 minutes. I was laying down on the floor screaming no. with the broken ligaments in my leg. And afterwards, I said, to, uh, like I said to myself, okay, I'm gonna do competition one more time to see if I can go. So basically, I broke my leg in uh, March. And I competed in October, I think. So yeah. I was on a, my crutches for three months. My first squat was in July. And it was 120 kilo. <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> so yes, uh, my last competition was after my uh, ankle injury. And I was like, okay, one thing I want to do, stand one more time on that yeah. stage and try to win it again. And 
that was also kind of a pressure I put my, on myself and just like do. everyone else were like, ah, they expect, they expected me to be first. So I was like pressured by myself and pressured by everyone else. So I didn't enjoy my last prayer. I was like, I was calling my friend, my colleague, I can't wait this, this to finish. I can't do it anymore. I can't do it. And it's like, he told me, I don't know how you're doing it with this mindset. Like, I don't know how you keep going with this mindset, but you're doing it. But as soon as you finish, you just like, you yeah. need to just like yeah. stop. But I was like under the pressure a lot for myself from any, everyone else expecting me to win. I wasn't expecting to win because I mean, I had a big injury yeah. down there. So yeah, that was kind of a, I think that was actually my favorite competition. Because I, I yeah, kind you of you came back from yes. from an injury, yeah, and then you proved yourself that you can again achieve True. anything that you set your mind to. True, yeah, yeah. Bodybuilding will teach you a lot, and even, I mean powerlifting, any kind of competition. I think it's good to compete. No matter it's run. Compete. I did the also ten k run just before the powerlifting yes. competition. It's like my heart was pounding one ninety, and I was like, my friend was running with me, and she's like, no stop, Lara. I'm not stopping. I'm not going to stop. Thirty seven minutes, one hundred ninety. My head told me like, no, you're going to stop. Yeah. You're going to stop. But at the end, I finished with less than one hour the ten k run. I mean, I have a lot of muscles. It's not easy for me to run that much. So as, yeah, your, like your head is telling you to stop, but if you keep pushing, your body's going to... Mindset is everything, and this is something that I've learned in life. You can literally achieve anything that you set your mind to. Sometimes you have to be a little bit delusional and think, <laughs> you know, you can't... Believe more than it's yeah, like, but, yeah. realistically. Yeah, but... set some delusional goals and like think... Whatever you think that you can achieve, think 10 times bigger. I mean, if you ask for $1, probably yeah. life going to give you just $1. Just so. $1. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you have to have big goals because big goals. Um, otherwise you're not keep, like, otherwise you're not going, like, you're not yeah. pushing yourself. Yeah. That's and why people, sorry, that's why people ask me, like, what did you move to Dubai? Because yeah, I was living kind of a good life, yeah? And I was like... It's just for the experience because I was in a oh I was in a zone like completely straight. If I didn't do that like that much, I was living okay. If I did a you little bit more, I would. Yeah. I had it very easy, and I was like feeling like a flat line. And for me to be 26, using only 20% of my potential regarding my business or anything else, I felt like a. I felt like. I'm not progressing, I'm not growing and I should be growing in this year. So the the basically why I came to Dubai is mostly because of the experience and being able to put myself out there, being just a little fish in a sea. Because in Croatia, I was something, I had a name, uh, people were coming to me, they knew about me, about my coaching and everything. Here, nobody knows about me. It's like I'm one in a who knows how many mm. thousand of people. And the goal is just to put myself out there, be transparent, be be professional, do what I do the best and try to, from a fish, become a shark and yeah. then... The world is your oyster. Yeah, yeah. yeah Croatia is very different. Um, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you haven't been in Croatia <laughs> for a while, yeah. so... Yeah, uh, and just like growing up with Croatian, yeah, mentality and surroundings is just very different to... I've travelled quite a lot. I've lived in quite a lot of different places, so... I have got a lot of experience and I've met a lot of people from a lot of different countries and yeah, growing up and your childhood will play a huge part Pua. in who you become later on in life and what do you do and you the, escaped, things that, so. the things that you achieve. <laughs> yeah. 
it is um my god it's That's an, good it's an interesting journey but you have to put yourself like you did it out, out of, of your, comfort, out of your zone. comfort zone because, because if you want to grow you have to put yourself in uncomfortable situations where you maybe don't know a lot of people where you maybe are not it's it's not life is not about money but if you maybe are not earning as much as you used to or anything like that put yourself in uncomfortable situations put yourself into places that you've never been to before and and just watch yourself and you'll grow. figure it out yeah you'll figure it out because yeah. unless you put yourself out there you'll never figure it you'll out never. because you don't need to do anything it's like unless you change something nothing's gonna change so if nothing changes nothing mm-hmm. changes yes. yeah and in fitness and in your journey and in it's in everything in life everything in life if everything you want to change something you just have to make a change mm. in what you're doing currently so what would you like what advice would you give to someone who wants to compete in bodybuilding and then in powerlifting? So I see that from my own perspective. If somebody, like I wanted to compete and I, I know how much I wanted it and I know I wouldn't stop if I didn't compete. Like I, I really wanted to try that for myself. And from one side, it was very good decision. From the other one, I could go without it also. But... um I had a lot of clients with the ambitions of ambitions of competing and I always tell them like I'm not a coach for you. I'm not able to coach you for a competition because I don't want to jeopardize anyone's health. I don't want to have that pressure on myself. But if you want to do it, it's like just take a good coach. I can advise you on a coach and just try that. Just try that for yourself if you really want to try it. But be cautious of who you're choosing as a trainer. The trainer should be your support. I can be your support. I can answer your, some of your questions. I can share my experience with you to pass through that experience like like I did, for example, without any health issues or problems. Yeah. Because, I mean, I'm, I'm, you have to try it on your skin if you really want to. Like, If I tell you no, maybe yeah. you mm, you have to yeah. try it. But I always trying to give them information about what is good, what is bad, just not to get that experience. For example, you yes. have because that's very bad. <laughs> that's very yeah, bad. Asks, I was even surprised yeah, when you told anyone me. Anyone who asks me, I'm like, yeah, maybe don't. <laughs> maybe don't do it. Yeah, up to you. But there's uh, plenty of yeah. other options. Like yeah. you can even look like you're prepping and have that body of a prep mode yeah but you don't but have to aim for a competition you don't stage. have to be under a certain amount of stress regarding the time and everything you need to do but as i said it's like for me i had to try there was no option of not trying it so i'm very glad and thankful that i had the good experience during my competition years because as i can see I, uh, most of the experience of the girls were bad just yeah. like you so for me being able to get on a healthy way with it was like now i see it's very precious but yes i can't advise for someone do it or not to do it yeah. it's just like I'm, i can tell you my experience and how was it i can also tell you the bad the, side the of bad, it yeah. but it's on you to decide amen yeah Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, I think in life in general and when it comes to fitness in general, if you want to do something, just make sure that you're doing it for the right reasons. Yes. If you're focusing on fat loss, make sure that you're doing it for the right reasons. A lot of people, a lot of women I see 
in general, they want to lose body fat because they don't love themselves and mm-hmm. they really have a negative relationship with themselves. So anything that you do in life, in fitness, just do it for the right reasons. You did yours for the right reasons. I did mine for the right reasons. And, and you always gain some experience from it. And you learn so much. Error so and much. trial and error. So it's all over again. And then you figure it out. Well, we're going to wrap it up. Okay. We're going to wrap it's it up. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> we will post more content together. We will film some videos for YouTube. I, I'm, I'm putting pressure on you. To yeah, film. you're to putting film. pressure on me because to I have film. been having a struggle putting yeah. myself out, out there. there yeah. Kind of what we spoke, like imposter yeah. syndrome. Yeah, but again, we all experience this and myself included. Like I have my days and my moments when I'm like, uh, Would anyone listen? Why am I doing this? I'm like, yeah, everyone will listen, so don't worry about you it. You start this year with 10 listeners, then yeah, next, next year, year maybe 100. Yeah. And, then, and Like, I don't care about the followers, for example, no. or anything. It's like, for me, five person can learn something from me and, like, share that with someone yeah. else. My goal is completed. Amen. You, I used to be obsessed with how many likes I'll get, how many views I get. But for now, I don't care. As la- as long as I share like educational information to my clients, to my people who follow me, if ten people can take something out of it, I'm happy. Your job done. Yeah, yeah. my job is done. Yeah. Quality over quantity. True. Amen. <laughs> me and my amen. Well, we're gonna wrap it up here. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Make sure to follow both of us everywhere. I'm going to leave our socials everywhere. This will be on Spotify, okay. Apple Music, YouTube, TikTok, TikTok Instagram. Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> everywhere. Thank you, Lara, for coming on to Thank the podcast. Thank you so much and for, for sharing your experience. Me. It was a very positive experience. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Superwoman. She can squat 150.5 kilos. Don't forget. Don't, don't, for, don't forget the point five. Yeah, next time when we train together, we're going to film our training session. So you guys can Deal. watch that as well. Hopefully learn something from, from our training training too. So. Different methods. Different methods, yeah. Thank you for coming on today. Thank you for inviting me. It's been a pleasure. Appreciate your time. Yosu. Yosu, yeah. <laughs> we'll see you in the next episode. And until next time, we will see you and hear you next time.